Welcome to Be Bitwise, the only podcast applying to be members of the Wu Tang Clan. Wu Tang forever. <laughs> <laughs> this is Alondo. This is Beaven. And I'm the Janabler. The Janabler. The She's in What's the house. <laughs> and yeah. and special guest Beaven this week because he's uh he's coming in remote. Uh, he he's uh he's uh actually where are you at right now, Beaven? Barbados. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Bermuda, yeah. Location, yeah. yeah location unknown. Unknown, Uh-oh. undetermined. That's right. Yeah. yeah. After after that one episode of you know, feel like somebody's watching me. I don't <laughs> know where I'm safe. Yeah. So he he came in, repossessed that uh, government cheese shed that I had out back. <laughs> immediately flew off and was like, Haha, "You'll never catch me, doe." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right." Fine. So yep. he's incognito. That he is definitely incognito. He and disclosed right. location. And we miss him. I know. Oh, he's just not the same. Not yep. the same. Yep. I know ever since the enabler started talking about how to stalk people, I, you know, I got kind of creeped out. So <laughs> that's I to... why. I mean, okay. <laughs> I know. All of a sudden I couldn't access your bank account anymore. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> And just as a disclaimer, I don't stalk people. I just research. By the way, she just winked. All right. <laughs> I have someone's account up right now. Going that's right. That's right. Who's that guy? No, anyway. So anyway, this is episode 11. Episode 11. Wow. I know. Snake eyes. That's right. Jen yeah. says snake eyes. And this is all about searching for information. Uh, there's a lot that goes into bringing back the results when you do a search on the World Wide Web. And uh, we're going to give you some uh, background on this. Uh, sometimes it's not an overlooked function, but we take it for granted if you think about it. Um, so we were going to kind of go into all that, tell you about the, the ins and outs. Uh, but we'll get more to that later. Right now, um, we're going to jump into our first segment that we always do, which is what it happened was see what it happened was everybody talking about what they do when going on about what they say everybody talking about what they do when going on about what they say all right on this very special episode of what it happened was not online all right so um Alto California right pretty happening place right mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on pretty i assume tech savvy area um interestingly enough somebody woke up in the middle of the night it was a burglar and they were like oh man this guy's trying to come in was he trying to steal oh his wi-fi password what yep i kid you not guys police arrested a teen who allegedly entered an occupied home woke up a sleeping couple to ask for their Wi-Fi password. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. 17-year-old suspect. And he went into this house in the, in this uh, one area of Palo Alto, woke up the couple in their 60s who were sleeping in their bedroom. All right. Um, and he, he, he basically uh, went up to them and was like, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? And I don't know if he was on something. I mean, so I can't even speak yeah. to that. Um, the, 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 the guy got up and basically he pushed this kid out the front door wow. <laughs> immediately and then called police. Um, so, uh, the suspect had earlier, uh, been involved in a bicycle theft. So <laughs> he was like, got this bike. Now I need that Wi-Fi. That's right. But did he realize that passwords now are often like WX2 apostrophe S? I mean, they're not even... even did you write that down? That's Jen's password. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're so complex. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, they are. And half the time, they're like on the back of your modem. Right. I mean, so it's like it's not something I commit to memory okay actually it's not I, like baby, I actually do commit it? mine to memory but that's because i'm weird and crazy like that but still um and this guy he mm-hmm. entered the house by cutting the screen covering an open window so it wasn't oh like the gosh. it wasn't like the front door was just wide open and said free wi-fi i mean it's like he had actually cut open a window and i'm still trying to figure out what did he did he have a phone with no set was he out of data you know was he using at&t what date did this happen if it was at the end of the month oh, he may have been out of data month? this was reported uh july 25th so oh, this yeah, is uh he was out of data yeah maybe he was out of data there you go yeah that's close to it that's right. that's right so um but he was uh arrested for burglary uh prowling 
and uh, providing false information to an officer. So I what hope. What false information did he give? I wonder. Um, probably that he didn't steal a bike. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> so... my name is. Slim Shady. I was waiting for that. I was enabler. Right, right, right. So, and that's cockroach milk in my drink. That's right. That's right. Oh, cockroach milk can make you do crazy things, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's your what it happened was with my man with the uh, the Wi Fi theft. Okay, Bits and Bites, it's time for our weekly trivia challenge, a.k.a. Uh, Beaven and Janabler's favorite portion, favorite portion of every episode, oh, yeah. Do You Even Geek? Bring it on. Uh, oh, you're yeah. always ready. Yeah, Beaven's ready. Jen's like, I have to use the restroom. Can I, yes. can I get can a I pass? <laughs> can I be excused? <laughs> yep. So, um, so the question is, do you guys want to do... The four random trivia questions, or do you want to do the list where you have to like list like I don't know however many things that are um, on the random. card. Random, random, okay. The random one. Yeah. Okay. So she says, "What are you thinking, Beaven? You want to do the random one?" Well, the last time we did the uh, the think, list, so I think yeah, we you guys did the list. Yeah, you guys yeah. actually did pretty good on that one too. Uh, the, yeah, um, he did pretty good. What are you talking about the elements one? Yeah, we you, both did pretty good on. You the You keep elements. saying you didn't do. You guys do well together on these things. Yeah. So. Together, because uh, I like feed off of him. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness, Jim, we got one to twin powers activate. Y'all. Exactly, Jim be bring. She be bringing the fire. She just you know, don't want to admit fire. it. She does not that's want. Right. She doesn't want her stalkers to know what kind of power <laughs> she's got. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so okay, All right, man, okay. This first one's just too tough. I'm skipping that one. Uh, uh-uh. it's like some really, really obscure stuff. I mean, it's weird, obscure. I am not doing that one. All right, okay. Let's look at this next one here. Uh, okay. So, question one: uh, sci-fi and fantasy. McCoy in Star Trek likes to point out that he's not a bricklayer or an escalator. Or a magician. What instead does he profess that he is? Jen, you want to take a stab at this? Not even. Not even a stab. Not even, Beaven. She said not even a poke. Not even, Beaven. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Beaven? I will say doctor. Doctor is correct. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. McCoy. All right. Next one. What patriotic 1940s Marvel superhero was revived from suspended animation to join the Avengers? Red, white, and blue. All right. That's a big hint there, Janabler. Captain America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she got that nerd, one. There it is. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> nerd. America. All right. America. America. All right. Uh, third question. This is in science and technology. To be safe around a black hole, stay away from the point of no return around its edge. What is the term for this boundary? And I'm going to give you guys a hint. There is a movie named after it. A. Ergosphere. B. Schwarzschild. Radius. C. Event Horizon. D, photon cusp. Oh, I know this one. I was thinking ergosphere, but... Ergosphere. I don't know. Beaven, what do you think? If I'm not mistaken, it's Event Horizon. It is Event Horizon. I'm not sure if you saw that movie, Jen. It It was was a great, crazy horror movie in outer space. Yeah, it's an outer space horror movie. Oh, goodness, Yeah, yeah. No. It kind of gave me the creeps. I'm going to tell you that right now. I saw that movie. It uh, yeah has creepy moments in it. Yeah, that movie was creepy. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good movie to to watch then or no? Oh, it's a great date night movie. Oh yeah. Okay. It's not a rom com. I don't know it. No, you watch that movie afterwards. You put on some Marvin Gaye and no, I'm lying. (laughs) I'm lying through my teeth. 
why Beeman's laughing. He knows yeah. that. Um, yeah, there's some eye gouging in that movie. All right. So, yeah, that's not that's not the movie to kind of set the mood for the night. It's, it's not for the squeamish. No, <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. You know, and I'm, I'm shocked that it's taken this long and this many cards to finally get to a Big Bang Theory question, which I knew was going to happen eventually. Because <laughs> um, I figure everybody who gets into geeky stuff or nerdy stuff is going to probably make some Big Bang Theory reference. So here's ours. Hey. Oh, boy. Uh, the category of geek life. On the TV series The Big Bang Theory, Dr. Sheldon Cooper introduces the game Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. What can beat Spock? Oh. A, rock. B, scissors. C, lizard. D, nothing. Nothing. Jen says nothing. I would, I'm going to give you this hint and say the purpose of, of course, playing rock, paper, scissors is something always beats something okay. else. So it's not yeah. going to be nothing. Then lizard. Jen says lizard. What do you say, Beaven? Remember that choices I'm are think- rock, scissors, lizard, or nothing. I'm thinking lizard as well. You are both correct. Lizard poisons Spock. That's correct. What? I just guessed. Well done. It was a great guess. <laughs> so I could does- just see him standing there going, nothing, nothing beats Spock. <laughs> Couldn't you? I don't watch that show. I've seen it a couple times here and there, but I don't watch it like regularly. I don't but know. I can see, I could just picture it. I can see him saying that, mm-hmm. but I can also see him just being like, um, uh, "Lizard poisoned Spock," you know, yeah, that kind of true. thing. So yeah, I would, I would have probably went with lizard just because I know you can't have rock beat two things, and you can't have scissors beat two things, right? No, and you can't have nothing because right because if it's like if nothing beats Spock, then everybody would choose Spock. So I was like, well, then it's got to be. Lizards. I went by process of elimination. Right. <laughs> so I got to the answer. Well, my answer. So. So then that begs the question: What does Spock beat? Uh, let's see. It was. Let's see. What's the the things are? Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, lizard, paper, Spock. scissors, lizard, Spock. So Spock must beat Rock. Wait a minute. So that means two things must be able to beat Rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question yeah that's that's unfair that's unfair if you're a rock and you can get beat by paper or yeah. spock or spock exactly oh, man that's why that's you have three in a game yeah. like that and not four. Oh man that's that's not cool all right so uh, unless they change the rules and paper can't beat rock anymore that's right i feel to see the logic in that game oh man we're going to a geeky nerd dive are, right now oh, wow. we, we dove this into the deep. we went sorry. into the, the sorry we're digressing the my, deep my end of the nerd pool no no we're good we're good but i now, hey look i'm happy for you guys getting the questions right you got all four right see right? high five Jay. so yeah five in the air there you go <laughs> so well done so so we're gonna switch right on over um and go right into our main topic of this week's episode which is our segment called say what um, this week's topic is all about searching the web. Uh, we're going to give you guys a little background on how uh, web searches work and some ins and outs of uh, how you can search efficiently or find some information that you probably aren't even thinking about. Alright guys, you remember um, our episode, What a Tangle, What We Weave, and I talked about the difference between the internet and the World Wide Web, right? Now, do you guys remember what the differences are between the two? The internet is like a street, and the web is like the neighborhood. There you go. So the internet is like the ways that you travel to get to what you want to get to, and the World Wide Web is uh, all the website content you can get to. And that was the analogy I used with streets and houses. Right. Yep. Or all the things you can get to on those streets. Um, so um, if you wanted to um, find out, you know, that a new house was built up the end of the street. Well, it's easy if it's like right up the street from you. Right. Because somebody has told you like, oh, you know, there's a new house up there. But how do you find out if there's a new house in Alabama? You know, you wouldn't. It's not easy to find out. Right. I mean, you just don't know. Um, and that's actually what gave rise to the idea of. You know, figuring out ways to search the internet, 
right? Um, because it's like you just don't know something if you're not told that something's out there. So that was my little analogy just to kind of just put, you know, kind of an umbrella of how this all works. So at first, you knew all the websites that were out there, um, well, all the content that was out there, um, and then they started coming up with um, this web directory. So they would basically be like a, your yellow pages or your white pages. It was like, oh, well, you know what? There's a Mr. Smith that lives at 123 Main Street. There's a Mr. Jackson that lives at 124 Main Street. And people would just keep adding to this web directory. Um, but the thing is, though, um, eventually that grew too big where you couldn't just look at this like one singular list of all the stuff. So then you started breaking it down to categories the same way you do in the yellow pages. When you want to look for plumbers, you know, you type in, you, you go to the plumbers page and it shows you like all the different plumbers out there, right? Um, so, you know, it's like, Hey, well, there's this plumber and you can go here for bricklayers and you can go here for, um, bathroom installations. Well, then that started getting more complex. He's like, well, what kind of plumbing do you need? Do you need like indoor plumbing or outdoor plumbing? So then it started doing subcategories for it. And as you can see, this got really big, really fast. Right. Um, even though they were segmenting and uh, segmenting it into categories and subcategories, it's just too unwieldy. And plus, the only reason you knew something existed was if somebody went out and said, hey, um, I exist. I'm submitting my website to you to put on your web directory. So that way, you know, I'm here. And um, and then you show up on the web directory or the people who ran the web directory had to know that your site existed because someone told them about it. Um, so you can see this can be kind of a little slow, but this is literally browsing the web. It's like sitting there, like going to like every possible site that you know right. um but they would also they, they would often become so big that they had to come up with ways to search the web directory so now you're like okay well i have this huge web directory and now i'm going to search for plumbers who are named smith because there's like a thousand plumbers on the web named smith so again it was just it started getting more and more complex um and so what started um happening is they were like okay well we're gonna start using these um, these tools or these programs to go out and actually go out and find all the possible websites that exist so we can get away from this manual process, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, those, well, they initially they called them search engines, and those search engines would go out and do that work. And they do these like little programs they called spiders, because spiders crawl the web. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, and their job was to crawl the web and just to go out there and find all the stuff. So um, so they would go out to the most popular servers that were out there. So let's just say at the time, and I'm going back to like the 80s and 90s, let's say they went to Microsoft, you know, .com. They would go there to that site um, because it was really, really, you know, well-known. Um, and they would look at all the words that were in use on that site. And then it would travel to all the links from that site to other sites. And then it would go to that site and start to process all over again. They would say, hey, let's go to your site. Let's look at all the popular words on your site. And then we'll go to the next, uh, you know, links from that and just keep going on and on and on. Um, the most well-known search engine, Google, was extremely good at that. And it used to use three spiders at once that would go out. And it would um, maintain 300 concurrent web-linked connections. That means it could track Microsoft and the next series of 300 websites that it went out to and track all the stuff for those 300 sites or 300 subcategories of sites beyond that. And it would track, it would uh, index or find the, uh, the, the keywords on those pages at 100 pages a second. So it's extremely efficient. Right. Um, so it was really well done. I mean, the way it worked and it started out, it was, again, it was, it was really, really um, fast the way that it worked. Um, but eventually the website kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, well, how can we kind of speed this process up? So then they came up with this um, uh, methodology called using meta keywords. You guys heard the term meta before? Mm -hmm. yep. Like metacognition, that type of thing, but not meta key. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm saying meta and key. It's not like one word, so it's like meta and then like keywords. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, it, so usually, like when I hear it in popular um terms, um, like one of the references I always hear is like, "You you seen the movie Deadpool?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, you know, Deadpool is always, he, he's considered like this guy who does meta because in in the uh, the course of the movie, he refers to himself and the fact that he's in a movie. So he's in a movie describing himself in a movie. Right. Well, that's what meta is. Mm-hmm. And for a website, meta is information on a site describing itself. So it's like, hey, this is a web page about cakes and pies. But it has just basic information like mm-hmm. cake and pie decorating and stuff like that. But it's a very right. it's not it's not all the stuff on the site. It's just like keywords that you really want to emphasize. So let's go back to my example of uh, plumbing and Smith. I would just put plumbing, Smith, and maybe my city, you know, and mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm here in like you know L.A. or whatever. Um, and then that information was what Google started. Um, locking into it was much more efficient just to look through those meta keywords instead of trying to catalog all the different texts on your site and try to figure out what's important because what if you only use the word plumbing on your site one time but you use the word um i don't know van 12 times on your site because you're talking about how we we load our plumbers in our van well you're not a van website you're a plumbing site so you want to emphasize plumbing and you put that in the top in the meta keyword area yep okay Okay. Mm -hmm. um so they're they're tag they they call them sometimes meta tags or meta keywords nerd (laughs) i know i'm definitely a nerd now but they're specifically used to summarize the information on a web page so when spiders go out all over the web these keywords get special consideration um so the reason i'm telling you that is because well i'm the reason i'm telling you all this stuff is because i know out there there's a lot of people who come with these ideas about having a website and you're like, oh, I'm going to create a website. I'm going to create a blog and talk about, um, I don't know, uh, of Opsos or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, oh, how come my website's not getting picked up by Google? Well, this is the kind of stuff you have to think about is putting information on your site that's meaningful so that way it gets picked up with a term like Lasso Opso, for example. Um, so, sorry, that's, is that me? It is. Somebody's phoning a friend. It is. Who is it? The ice cream man? No, it's the uh, the alarm on my phone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What'd you say, Beaver? I lost you for a second. You guys, the alarm went off and everything went dead. So I thought yeah. you know, nope. my secret location was compromised. It was. It was. It, I finally got the lock on your location. So. Well, it was oh, an no. alarm, but I thought it was a secret ring from the ice cream man. It he abducted was. us. It was. Well, he's like, do you need your regular order, Mr. Orlando? I was like, no, they're still here. Oh, <laughs> Wait till the car in the driveway's gone. That's right. <laughs> so, so, um, so if you want to make sure that your, you know, your site gets picked up for having certain types of information in there, you have to have that stuff at the top in that meta area. Um, this is called search engine optimization or SEO. I'm sure you know people probably have heard that before. Um, and you do that so that when your site shows up higher in the search engine results when you go to Google. Mm-hmm. You know, because you yeah. obviously you want to be the first person that shows up, right? If you type in the word plumbing, don't you want to be the first plumber that shows up? Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a little business or a blog or a podcast, podcast. Um, you want to have that stuff set up. And of course, I'm referring back to, you know, the last episode where I talk a little bit about how to set up, you know, these things, you know, how to set up a website, how to set up a podcast. Um, This is the type of stuff that you'll need to, you know, remember. So that way, when you get a podcast out there, you don't just put it out there and all of a sudden everybody just knows and just flocks to your podcast. You have to do specific things to make it show up. But conversely, what if you had, let's say you were running a company and, um, you know, you have products that you release and there's a product that you're going to have released um, August uh, 15th, right? Now, we're at the end of July right now. But we want to go ahead and create the website pages. Make sure they look right. And we're like, uh, you know what? But I don't really want you to know about my product before it's ready. There are certain things you can do as well to stop a page from showing up in search results. Um, you can say, hey, I do not want this page indexed in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm just keeping, you know, putting that out there as well because – Sometimes you want to prototype something just to make sure it's like, you know, does it work okay? Does it look all right? But you want to test it, but you want to be the only person that knows that page is out there. Well, this is another thing you can do to stop um, something like Google showing something like that. This is actually 
real world stuff though because many times Apple and all of their brilliance trying to be like all secretive and stuff and be like, hey, we have a special product. You can't see it till November 17th or whatever day it is. Many a time people have found products that they have released before their release date because they did not set up their um, their site to stop those spiders from going out oh, crawling wow. the web and getting to their information. There's been multiple instances of that throughout the years. Right. Um, different iPhones have gotten compromised. Different MacBooks have gotten compromised. I know for a fact I found out about an iPad before it was released, and I was like, oh, well, I think I might actually want that one now that I know the specs, and I knew in advance to go ahead and make a pre-order. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so that stuff is actually real, and it happens right now with all your major players. Um, but you can set up a page so that way, you know, people can't access it. Um, so the, uh, the results that they pull back, um, goes into this indexing that happens on a website. Um, and there's a little query, um, system that goes behind that. And I'm going to give you guys just a real quick, um, overview of a little query that you can do, um, just to test some of this advanced querying. So if you're on your internet, um, explorer, um, let's say you wanted to search for zebras, but you only want to search for zebras at, on walmart.com for example, um, you can actually type in, and literally, I'm going to give you this string, you would type in site, S-I-T-E, colon, type www.walmart.com, then put a space, and then type the word zebra. And oh, in wow. Google, it will show you all the results on walmart.com that have the word zebra in it. Now, why am I telling you that? Sometimes you go to websites and they have crappy search functions. Yeah. You guys know. I mean, there's times I've gone to places and I'm like, um, I can't find anything there. And then somebody tells me like, oh, yeah, you have to go to this specific link or something like that. And that annoys the bejeebers yeah. out of me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you do that, you can you can literally go to a website. And I just did this earlier. So I know for a fact it works. And it showed me all these results on Walmart.com that had the word zebra. Now, let's say I was looking for a stuffed zebra. Well, when I did that search, it came up and showed me not just zebra stuffed animals. It showed me zebra pins, which I guess is a ballpoint pin Mm -hmm. type. So what if I said, well, I want to search just Walmart.com, and I want to see everything that does not have the word pin in it. To do that, you would type in site, again, S-I-T-E, colon, www dot walmart.com put a space type the word zebra and then behind that put another space put a minus sign or a dash and the word pin which means uh. i want to search walmart.com i want to search for the word zebra but i do not want it to include any results that have the word pin and you can do that and it shows you all the results on walmart with zebra but without the word pin and it wow. filters out all those ballpoint pen instances. Hmm. So there's Great. a lot of advanced stuff like that. And I'm going to give you guys uh, you know, some information in the show notes, all these advanced uh, tips and tricks that you can do on Google um, that lets you search all kinds of stuff. People find really interesting things on government websites using things like this. <laughs> Literally, oh you can go to NSA.gov right now and search for all kinds of interesting stuff including the contents of osama bin laden's laptop oh Oh my god yeah because they have it it's freely available i'm sorry it's not on the nsa that's on the uh i think it's on the cia website i can't remember which one i went to but yeah you can find all kinds of interesting interesting stuff on government websites using that search string so um, anyway, it's I mean it's kind of it's a it's a rabbit hole too. You'll go down that rabbit hole and you'll be like, I want to see everything on Microsoft.com that talks about Apple, you know, for example, or something like that, um, or or who, whatever, um, uh, or that's actually how you end up finding stuff on a website before someone meant for it to be released too. That's how I would find stuff on Apple.com. I would go on Apple.com, do the site search, search for iPad. It would bring up everything about it, even something that they hadn't even meant for, for it to be released yet. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the uh, extra nerdy, techie uh, deep dive into searching and how complex that can be. So fascinating. Yeah, so. there you go. Yeah. So we're gonna take a little bit of a deeper dive into 
web crawlers and search engines, as Alanda was talking about. And one of the things that I came across with my research was uh, the do's and don'ts, basically, of what and what not to do. Oh, let me take it back for a second. Yeah. So let me talk about Google searches and what not to do, things that you should never do when you're doing a Google search. So, okay. <laughs> what not to do. <laughs> what not to do, things you should never do on Google searches. Because this is stuff, important stuff now. You know, and With technology nowadays and you're doing a lot of stuff online, people searching for various things, it gets a little bit more kind of on a gray area where things are, you know, we talked about in an episode previously where you put something in your search engine, then an ad pops up with, you know, you're talking about popsicles for one thing you're trying to try and do a search. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, Amazon has a sale on popsicles for 10, 10 bucks. You should get some. You should mm -hmm. always go to your local ice cream man for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's items like that that kind of make you pause and wonder, well, if people are paying attention to what I'm looking at online, what things shouldn't I be looking at or shouldn't I be searching for? And there's things that you may not even think about that I've found on this list that kind of make you pause and say, wow, that's something I really never thought of before. Mm -hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make that's you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love the dynamic of this team. <laughs> <laughs> So the first thing we need to start, do not start searching for on Google is things that kind of clue Google into your location. Uh, one, a couple of years ago, this New York Times columnist, Dave Leonhardt, I think I'm pronouncing his name, name right, was telling NPR about how search terms differ geographically. And he did this research article on uh, rich areas, affluent areas of the nation versus poor areas, such as stuff in the southeast versus the northeast. Okay. And things that he's seen in the affluent areas, search engines were more prevalent upon, uh, let's see, raising your kids, baby borns, uh, exercise equipment, digital cameras were a big thing as well, where people were doing stuff, were, were trying to find things that you know they could spend their money on. On the flip side, people that were in poorer neighborhoods seemed to take a little bit of more of a sinister turn. Uh, people started searching for, you know, what do I do if I have diabetes? Some of the big search engine stuff was related to religion, you know, mm -hmm. hell, the Antichrist, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But also the scariest one about that was the types of weapons they could obtain. Oh, wow. And it was specific weapons for specific areas of the nation, I guess. In the southeast, they, were, I, they didn't specify what kind of weapons, but it was like guns that they specifically wanted to find and buy. And easy ways for them to make money. You know, those kind of things, it, it kind, of, kind of has a sort of a 1984 vibe where, hey, I'm going to be looking for guns online. Who knows what, who's going to be looking after me while I'm doing this? Mm-hmm. All right, so the second thing they say you shouldn't search for, which is kind of an obvious thing, is medical issues or drug use. You know, if, say, you have a specific type of cancer or you have um, some kind of illness that you don't want people finding out about, well, you don't want to go into Google and start searching for that thing because it could potentially pop up in one of your browsers. Or it could say, hey, I see that you have this disease. Maybe you should check out this website. Now, is that because someone else can get access to that information and then use it against you? Yes, that wow. is a big privacy issue they talk about where leaks that could expose people's intimate health information mm -hmm. could be found on dark webs. Wow. Basically, wow. the dark web where medical information, people can say, hey, I, I know that you have this condition. Uh -huh. You don't want this coming out or uh, people using that to get Medicaid scams. Oh, oh wow. wow, geez. So it's it's it behooves you to be careful about what you're searching for, saying you have a weird, you know, zit on your face or something like that, to be careful of what you're trying to look for because one of the the search the stats that I came across people were talking about was uh let's see, let me read this real carefully. A doctoral student at the University of Pennsylvania's Annenberg School 
for communication, Tim Leibert found that more than 90% of the 80,000 health-related pages he looked at exposed user information to third parties. Good gracious. Oh, my goodness. That's so, insane. Holy yeah. cow. And it's, it's particularly unsettling given a, a, the Pew Research Center, it's a popular uh, center that does a lot of polls, found that 72% of Internet users in the United States look up health-related information on, online. Mm-hmm. Even worse is Google collects this information from 78% of the pages that he looked at, which gives advertisers an easy way to figure out that user, users have specific health issues and can they, find, they can find out what those user health issues are. Wow. So, so can that be used to deny coverage or? That is that... exact. Yeah, that's one of the things they're scared of. It's, you know, if they find out that you have a specific health scare, say you have HIV or AIDS, mm-hmm. somebody could potentially get, discriminate you against getting treatment or getting, you know, specific coverage for your health insurance. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm thinking on a broader scale here. Let's say um, I live in an area... And, you know, of course, in the South, at one point in time, one of the bigger issues was, uh, was it ringworms, the one would get into your feet? Yeah, I think so. So think about that. It's like, what if you have, what if you live in an area where you have higher possibility of getting something like ringworm, and then health insurers raise the rates for that particular zip code, knowing that you have higher potential to get something like that. So now you're suffering because of all the Google searches of everybody around you. Um, yep. and so they're like, oh, well, you know what? You're just in an area that has a, you know, higher probability of suffering from this, this, this you know, this, this ailment. Um, exactly. yeah, that, that right there. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense though. When you think about it, cause it's not like, you know, car crashes and stuff like that, where like, you know, you know, your, your auto insurance company does it all the time. They're like, oh, well your zip code, most people in your zip code have, you know, higher pop- probability of getting an accident. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, but. Your health information is supposed to be private, but if you go into Google, it's no longer private. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's freely available information. They can aggregate that data. I mean, that makes perfect sense, though, Beaven. I mean, that's scary stuff when you think about it, though. Exactly. Wow. It's definitely scary, scary things. And you know, capitalizing upon that, which take it to a lighter degree, but number three is don't give your search engine hints about your insecurities. So this one reporter for Slate, Amanda Hess, she actually – did an experiment where she at every 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 hour during the day she would write something like celebrity diet or my pants are uncomfortable or I'm my migraine is giving me difficulty speaking. I have the worst cramps ever. Why is that? And it was just the the amount of information she uncovered that advertising advertisers were actively searching for her was very surprising. It's just it's giving them a more of a venue for, for them to get information about your personal identity, and it's, and it also feeds upon your insecurities. It's right. like, hey, you don't feel comfortable about yourself. Well, here's something that's gonna help you out. Right, right. Here's something to placate you. Here's a medication we're gonna push down your throat, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, drink this cockroach milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating because I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, I, I never, I, did. I never did either. Yeah. I never mm-hmm. did either, Jen, until I started researching this, and, and it just came across this article that just kind of – there's even more links that I'll provide in the show notes as well that you can do further research on, but it was just a fascinating topic for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really good information, and I feel embarrassed because I read a book about this called Everybody Lies, mm-hmm. and what it talks about is how your personal search engine information um, kind of – it because um, people have a tendency to say – really positive stuff on a survey and be like, I'm a great person and I volunteer all the time, but their search engine history betrays them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not the fact they went out and would, cause they can't, you know, go to the individual people, like people outside of Google can't go and look at that information, but they can see aggregate information um, yep. on Google trends, um, which I guess we can talk about it a later on a later podcast. And they were able to find out like, Oh, well all these people say they're really healthy, but yet and still, you know, most people in that area were looking up terms like diabetes or um, right. I have high blood sugar or whatever, whatever. And so what they were, you know, saying they had on a survey did not match up with their Google search results. So, mm-hmm. That's yeah. Kind of, yeah, it's it's an interesting case study. And I definitely even hopping five, ten years later down the line to see 
yeah, where are these stats? What are they showing like, how the nation is feeling? Right, right. At any given time. So number four is don't search for anything suspicious, especially at work. But what, what's interesting about this one was the story that it gave. Um, so this person, Michelle Catalano, was subjected to a criminal investigation because of her Google search. And, you know, and she was surprised as much as anybody would be surprised that the FBI and the CIA were knocking at her door because she has, like, I have no clue what's going on. Turns out that um, at one point she was researching uh, pressure cookers. And at the same time she was doing that, her husband was actually looking for a backpack. Oh, so, wow. and, and these two instances by themselves really aren't that, it's pretty innocent. But you think about the Boston bomber, right. the Boston bombing marathon, and what that person used, those two of key searches coming together, couple that with a 20-year-old son who's looking about how to make bomb, or no, I'm sorry, reaching, researching on CNN how this person like how used made 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 this bomb oh. and clicking on other links to other websites just shows how this bomb was made. Uh-huh. You know, you got a kind of recipe for oh my god, the FBI is knocking at my door. Oh man, crazy. Goodness. <laughs> so even that, you know, you're completely doing something innocent. Yeah. You can still get dinged, and and somebody will come to look at you. So it kind of freaks me out even more now thinking about that and talking about enablers. You know, stocking stuff from last know, time. Exactly. Like, holy cow! What can I search for online besides unicorns and ponies? That's right. Gum and cheese shed. <laughs> That's the only thing you can search for. <laughs> <laughs> and crow beet coffee, of course. Yeah. Crow beet coffee. They yes. make the best coffee. I don't know if you heard of that. <laughs> I think we need to we need to start crow beet and company Absolutely. coffee. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Now Honestly. enriched with cockroach milk too. Yes, Crowbeak yes. and Company. That's right. We need to start that up, y'all. We need. To, we started that trend. We started the conversation, and I think we need to get on both of those. Bam. Crowbeak coffee and cockroach milk right now. Well, cockroach right milk now. is is it's the, that's the official creamer of Crowbeak coffee. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we could actually open our own version of Starbucks. That's and right. Crowbeak and Company. It's something like that. <laughs> No, we're gonna call it Janabler and Friends. Janabler and Friends. There you go. Yes. That's it. That's it. So, at the the very last one too, and Alondo, you touched on a little bit about that. Uh, don't Google anything that enables Google to define your identity. You know, you talk about you know the pre-existing conditions and the fact that you know they can use this information to kind of um, there's. They can use that information to have price hikes or price discrimination for, you know, say, mm. go to services. You got health insurance. Hey, look, you're in a neighborhood that has X amount of crashes. Mm-hmm. Well, we can charge you a little bit more for this. Mm-hmm. So you hit the nail right on the head, man. You were clairvoyant with this one. It's <laughs> just fascinating to kind of see the information that you don't really think you're, you're innocently doing online kind of can or potentially can affect you, yep. but you never know who's looking out for you. Well, group source information is very, very lucrative. I mean, so if you can get a lot of information for a whole bunch of people for an area and get a idea of trends, um, I mean, people want to pay a lot of money for that. People always wonder how all these Google services are free. That's how it's free. Exactly. You know, they, they sell that type of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, hey, look, you know, if you are an insurance uh, insurer or something like that, you know, this is how you can, um, you know, kind of get ahead of the trend of, oh, there's a lot more accidents here. Or, you know, the right. the, opio- uh, the opioid epidemic is kicking up in this area. Yep. Um, yeah. Things like that. So, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with, say, like VPNs or virtual private networks that kind of help keep your identity secret when you're doing searches online and all that. But yeah. that's... Yes, um, but usually what we use VP I've used VPNs for in the past has been to get access to a work network. Um, I haven't used it personally just to like get on the internet. Right. Um, for the most part, though, um, I'm gonna just put out a general, you know, not warning, but a um, a, nah. a reminder to everybody because um, it's not really warning. Um, every internet browser you use nowadays has the ability to go into private mode 
Yep. And when you go into private mode, it kind of gets rid of a lot of information. Like it kind of scrubs your uh, data. It doesn't like um, inc- don't I mean have, they have to include your IP address, but it won't include things like your like cookies that might save like your passwords and things like that. Right. Um. So it'll kind of block some things, but a VPN is definitely the best way to hide your information because yeah, then they don't even know where you came from when you went to that website. Exactly, and there are companies out there that offer that service. You know, mm-hmm. of course, there's a fee involved with it. And uh, one of the uh, my my I guess uh, antivirus software uh, uh, uses that as well, Avast, and it actually recommends that I do a VPN. I can't do that, but it's actually going on. Just going on private mode for a lot of your browsers will help remedy some of the mm-hmm. the issues that you're facing. And I'll put a um, I'll put a uh, link to a free one mm-hmm. in the show notes. Um, that okay. you can use. Um, it's not well now. I think people are starting to catch on to it. But again, I'm only going to put that in the show notes. I'm not going to tell you what it is on the podcast. So you have to go to the website to uh, to nice. get that information. Yeah. Cool. That's what I got, y'all. Okay, that sounds awesome. I feel very educated at this point about it. I did not know any of that really. It makes sense, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely you don't really think about it, but then when you're when you start to kind of put it together, like, oh wow, that's right, I'm doing all this stuff online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exposing all your business. Well, I have some <laughs> business to expose. I'm gonna start from the end of what I was gonna say. Okay. So I'm looking at like talking. a Quentin Tarantino flick. That's right. <laughs> I'm looking at talking to you guys about just some cool websites you can go into to try to kind of brighten your day or if you're getting really bored with what you're seeing on the internet when you're searching and you're not exactly sure how to find some interesting sites to keep you in the know with pop culture and just a lot of cool information you can find. I have a list of several places that are pretty popular for those of us that aren't as savvy and I'm starting on a site called theoatmeal.com oh, oh yes i love the oatmeal i love this site, love this awesome. site. yes and so i took us um i did a question like a little quiz on how many germs live on your cell phone and i'm going to take you through this because i consider myself pretty clean kind of a sort of a germaphobe um probably 80 percent germaphobe and i had yeah. no idea how many germs are probably living on my cell phone? So here's question one. I'm going to tell you how I answered it. It says, how many times a day do you wash your hands, including showers? So I clicked the most, six or more. How often do you clean your phone? (laughs) I said, I didn't want to say never because that's not true, but I clean my phone when it looks dirty or smudgy. So I would say once a week. And then when you clean your phone, what do you use? I wipe the smears away with like my sleeve or my jeans. You know, like I just like wipe it away or I might use a towel, but I don't put any kind of liquid on my phone because I thought it might damage it. It says, do you wash your hands after you go to the bathroom? I said, yes, always. I hope so. Yeah. What do you do when you sneeze? I sneeze into my elbow bend just because Thank I'm a you. teacher. So I go. Thank you. Oh, they 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 throw that at you all the time <laughs> when you work for a school division. They're like, yep. <laughs> everyone sneezes into your elbow. Well, bend. I read somewhere that if you, and, um, an unblocked sneeze can travel 100 miles an hour. Ugh. Think <laughs> I used to tell yeah. my students that all the time. Like, do not under any circumstance. Wow. So basically, you got a fastball pitch of snot That's coming at right. you. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't give me the option of sneezing into the elbow fold. So it said I sneeze into the floor. Oh. Because that was closer than sneezing into my hands and having a Kleenex. I don't typically have Kleenex on me. So. Um, while moving about, where do you keep your cell phone? I put my pocket. I tend to stick it in my back pocket. Do you spend the majority of your day with a lot of people? I had to say yes because I'm a school teacher. Yep. Right. Do I use antibacterial soap? Yes. Do I, how do I travel? I said, I drive a car. 
How often are you around sick people? I said sometimes because at a school, of course, you have lots of sick children. But they're right. not sickly. I'm just saying I'm, I'm around kids that have colds and things. Oh, I thought it was asking about your podcast co-host, whether or not yeah. you hung around with mentally <laughs> sick people. Oh. <laughs> Every week. Every know. week. That's right. Do you spend much time around children? Of course, you know how I answered that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I work at a school. And do I have pets? Yes. I have a dog. And then does your phone have a protective case? Yes. Mine has a protective case. So... I do not share my phone with anyone else. Guess how many germs are living on my cell phone? Seven. Beaven, you want to try? In the thousands, maybe. Okay, well, neither of you are anywhere close. It's in the millions? One million. Whoa. 438,080 germs possibly live on my phone, but this is where it really, really upset me. Because not that Mm. that didn't, but... 288 toilet seats. 288 toilet seats. So, but actually, I've heard toilet seats are not nearly as filthy as you think they are. As your kitchen. No. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard they're actually cleaner than your kitchen. Yeah. As your kitchen or the remote in a hotel room. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I never cleaned that. And the other thing that's, uh, yeah, remote in a hotel room is definitely up there. And the other one that people don't even think about is really, really nasty, the keyboard of your computer. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because you never get... I mean, even if you try to clean it, you can't really get can't it. can't really, really unless you yeah, dip that thing in uh, rubbing alcohol. Now, I just double down. I figure all the germs that aren't killing me are making me stronger. So That's I'm fine right. with that, you know. Exactly. Well, and I'm very... I shouldn't even say this out loud, but rarely do I ever get sick. In fact, my friends make comments to me about it, that I'm always, you know, not ill or something like that. So I just thought that was interesting as I was doing my list of cool places to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know some people kind of get bored with just scrolling through social media, stalking their eggs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the enabler strikes again. Enabler, yes. Um, sometimes the internet is super overloaded, and you just waste time browsing and searching if you're looking for something more interesting, stories, jokes, articles. So I found some really good places that you could stumble across or maybe save as a bookmark or favorite Board Panda is a really good blog. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had heard of that one. It publishes Um, regular updates on really cool finds and travel, photography, illustration, animals, DIY, and Hmm. the list goes on and on. Cool. You can also open an account with Board Panda and vote posts up or down to kind of show the popularity of posts that will show up first. Good deal. Nice. TED, T-E-D. That's one of my favorites because they – have some really good motivational speakers on there that talk Mm -hmm. about how they've helped to change the lives of students they've taught or ways to be a better teacher and to build relationships. That's just one type of motivational speaking you could watch on there. I mean, the list really goes on and on, but I absolutely love Ted and some of their motivational speakers travel the country and the world. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a, um, we, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, Jen. no, you're fine. There is a uh, we have every week at our work uh, mm-hmm. we have a TED Talk Wednesday. So nice. every morning we'll watch like twenty a twenty minute TED Talk to kind of see how thing people have done things differently mm-hmm. or how to motivate yourself during the day. It's you know, and every every time is a different person introducing, and I've done a couple of them, and it's it's great just to kind of see perspectives from different folks. And just kind of get yourself inspired. And that, that's a fantastic website. Well, I was thinking, wow, how great would it be every day when you're getting ready for work or maybe driving to work to listen to one of those people? Yeah, exactly. Well, they um, have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TED Talk oh, okay. has a podcast. So if you guys, um, so if you're someone out there that um, doesn't want to sit in front of a computer and watch it, mm-hmm. right. the TED Talks are available via podcast. Oh, and you cool. can listen to it in your car. I heard this teacher once, it was a couple years ago, and she was excellent, and she was talking about how she worked at an at-risk school, and one of her students just did not do well academically, and she had to find a way to motivate that student. They just wanted to give up, and so she started thinking, everything she said to him was positive, so I guess he got like a 3%, or he got three questions actually correct on a test. Mm-hmm. And he missed 17. 
And so her when he came to her and said, oh, my gosh, I only got three right. And she was like, or he said, I missed 17. And she turned it into, but you got three right. And it just changed the way that he actually operated in school. And eventually he was making better grades. There you go. Nice. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Another one is Vsauce. That is a popular and successful YouTube channel type um, show. And if you know who Bill Nye the Science Guy is. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, everybody knows Bill Nye the Science Guy, right? <laughs> Yo, it's so, him and Mr. Wizard. Those yeah. are my two, yeah. This is a guy named Michael Stevens, and he teaches viewers about really cool, amazing topics um, resembling more of a modern-day Bill Nye. And so the one I watched the other day, he had a pizza and the challenge was to divide it evenly. And he showed all the different ways that you can cut up a pizza in ways that would be really thinking outside the box to make sure that every piece is the same size. And it was just amazing to watch him go into all this geometry and and ways of cutting and all that. It was like, wow, I really want to use this with my kids this year. That's great. Good deal. I know you guys have heard of BuzzFeed. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's so fun to go through <laughs> and to see all the like cool news. Um, they also have fun quizzes and listicles. The quizzes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. A couple Time. more. Um, fail blog. Have uh, y'all? <laughs> yeah. Um, it says it's been around much longer than a lot of other sites. Um, it's still going strong. And it's most known for its humorous pictures depicting disastrous and stupid situations. Oh, and yes. I was like, wow, that could be good for what had happened was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, if if only this was a video podcast, because <laughs> they're mainly pictures, but yeah. <laughs> I know. Then there's Reddit. That's referred to as the front page of the internet. And that's a yeah. community board split up into sections of categories or interests. So I saw this video on Reddit. I think it was today or yesterday. This guy, they have a video of a guy jumping out of a moving car. I'm not sure if he's the driver of that moving car. I think he's the passenger behind the driver. His okay. his objective is to jump out of this moving car, jump into a run and jump into a moving car that has no driver before it crashes. Oh my god. And the moving car <laughs> hits a tree. And he's 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 standing behind the driver door. It's still open. He hasn't made it into the car yet. <laughs> and when you see it hit the tree, you think he's going to get hurt because the car up, you know, hits the tree, and then he's right there, and, and he seems okay. I don't know whatever happened to him, but oh my the, goodness, the things that people do. Well, I will tell you that Reddit is how I get. The what it happened was news articles. Oh, There's okay. a great subreddit on there called Not the Onion. Oh, really? Now, if you guys know, the Onion, of course, is all fabricated right. funny news or satirical, right. uh, uh, you know, jabs at news. Um, Not the Onion is all of these news articles that are actually real things. That's how I get all my what it happened was articles. So, well, maybe you'll see one about the guy that gets out of that. I mean, that was just. Unreal. Yeah, I got to look at this thing. So I don't know why people put them, themselves at risk on purpose. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to talk be about, crazy. you know, our topic today is I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And sometimes I was thinking of that metaphorically with I'm so bored with the traditional search engines and just kind of sitting on the Internet wasting time. So maybe some of these sites can make the Internet a little more fun for me or interesting or for someone else that is looking for something unique. I'm going to add one to your list. Yeah. Since you and you said the word, you said stumble. Mm-hmm. Stumbled um, upon. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say stumble upon is really great for that too. You put in like different categories of stuff that you'd want to see. Mm-hmm. And then you just click the, the, the little button that says stumble. Mm-hmm. And it takes you to the next website. Um, oh, and I've used it for, um, actually I've used it for art and culture too. Like sometimes I'm like, I, I mean I love art. Not like where I like to study it, like study art history. But I like looking at nice art. And I'll go to stumble upon, and I actually have one of my stumble categories is art. You know, to take me to a website with just like new art, and it's just like hmm. new artists that I hadn't ne- never seen. You know, their stuff before. So very cool. Yeah, so just gonna put that out there as another one to, to throw yeah. out there for an easy way to yeah check out new stuff. Sounds yep. awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
cool deal. Yeah, well, thank you for the uh, information, Jen. Really appreciate You're that. Okay, team, is there anything else that we need to cover? Nope. No? No? I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. Well, a little bits and big bites. That's this week's show. Thanks for joining in. We hope you learned a lot about searching the web. I know I gave a deep technical uh, talk about uh, searching, but um, I want you guys to know how that all works. Uh, You should try that advanced searching, by the way. Search a website. See what you can find on there. of course, you know, Janabler, you know, you know, stepped up as usual and gave us some information about some other Janabler. things we can search, we can search for. And then, uh, and Beaven over here, of course, just freaking us out. So, <laughs> 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 no, Beaven gave us great information about how to protect yourself. So, and, I'm, and we're going to continue to do that, by the way, because um, we want to make sure that as you're out here, you know, interacting with technology, that you know how to protect yourself, um, you know, keep your information private because, you know, just because. You're on the internet doesn't mean you have to put all your business on the internet, right? So that's right. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us, uh, make sure you do so. For uh, reach out to us at uh, Twitter at uh, be bitwise uh, on Facebook at www.facebook.com/bebitwise, um, and email us at podcast at bebitwise.com, and that will actually email all three of us at the same time. So just FYI, if you want to reach out to the to the triumvirate and uh, you know say hello. You know, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, of course, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast delivery app. Um, by the way, um, had a chance to uh, actually interact with a one of the uh, head engineers for the uh, Google Podcast app. Um, got a lot of good information about that. So um, sounds like they're doing some uh, amazing things with that app. So if you get the opportunity, um, download that, try it out, um, and then give feedback to them as well about you know, what you think of their app. Um, and of course, if you guys um, take yeah, have time, we would love for you to go to um, your app. I'm uh, sorry, your uh, favorite podcast app, and give us five stars. Uh, give us a five star review. Um, tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong, um, so we can always uh, you know continue to improve this show. Uh, for more information about what we discussed in this episode, go to our website at www.bebitwise.com. That's where we're gonna have the show notes. Additional information, including that free VPN I was talking about, wink, wink, um, yeah. stuff like that. So, um, again, there's going to be additional information there um, that you can uh, research and, uh, and I'll get all that uh, deep dive data that uh, we, we play in. So, so uh, as I say every uh, week, make sure you all tune in. Uh, remember to learn something new each day and let's, let's all be, be bitwise. Bit bit <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later. Jen, I feel like ever since yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, virtual chairs. Virtual still. clink going cheers. through the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Plastic and glass. That's right. Jennifer, ever since you said something about it to your mother, you've like mentioned it like almost every <laughs> That's that's the ongoing joke. I love how we have those jokes just mm-hmm. ongoing. I know. And by the way, everybody loves the uh, the nickname Janabler. Though that yeah, that's yeah. that's all around. Awesome. I mean, my, awesome. My wife came to me like immediately. She was like, "Oh my god, I love that nickname." Well, I'm gonna introduce myself <laughs> that way tonight. I think. Oh, you think so? <laughs> and Janabler, might as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I could spell it G I N. <laughs> now, but but now, but but you st- you use G I N, and now you start t- you start needing to use that B bitwise a. benefits package, that triple A B B sober, <laughs> <laughs> the gin enabler. Oh man! Oh my god! <laughs> B bitwise, oh, the only man. podcast that staggers home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh oh man oh my gosh. hey I, I figured out another uh job we can do y'all we can be crow hunters 
Ooh. Oh, I'd rather have crow beat coffee. Ooh, wait a minute. I'm kind of a fan of the crow hunters. Oh, See? man. Uh, I, there's a market. There's a market for them in Vancouver, y'all. Nice. Yeah, we have to go Here that we go. Mm. We can hunt the crows, and then we can create the crow beat coffee. Oh, that's what we're going to do is we're going to actually give a, like, they're going to think it's a decorative crow beak, but it's actually a real crow beak. Yes. Because we're going to go out, we're going to hunt the crows, get the beak yep. off the crow. That's right. And it's going to be, it's actually, gonna, we're going to make the handle of each mug out of crow beak. That's how we're going to do this. <laughs> oh, that would be so cute. Am I right, Jen? Yeah. I mean, I'm Jen's on it. this. I think I'm, Jen's on this. See? Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to crow beak and coffee. Can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's nodding along. She likes it. <laughs> oh, yeah. See? There we go. This is how oh, we're going to supplement wow. our podcast. 